0: Great, well, welcome back to what we're calling Under the Bonnet. Um, So, the idea is
1: Can I just interrupt? Because I I just think it's quite funny me doing something called Under the Bonnet because it takes me about five minutes to lift up my real car bonnet and then I don't really know what's under there anyway. So, thank you very much. It's a bit ironic.
0: Thank you, Fiona. Um, (laughs) Welcome back to Under the Bonnet. Uh, we, the idea is that we, we look at a passage uh, on Sunday, but we want to go a little bit deeper and spend a bit more time and ask some of the questions in the, in, in the, in the passage. Um, so we did that last week. Um, we're, we're returning to do that now. And boy, what a passage it is! Um, this has been more difficult than most. So what we're going to do is, in a moment, Fiona is going to read uh, it again, uh, and then we're just going to go through um, with some of the questions. Um, afterwards. So, uh, Fiona, over to you. Okay,
1: so Hebrews 5 from verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with a teaching about righteousness But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. It's impossible for those who've once been enlightened, who've tasted the heavenly gift, who've shared in the Holy Spirit, who've tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed, receives the blessing of God. But land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we're convinced of better things in your case. The things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit what has been promised. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying... I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did, did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek.
0: So just a a, a couple of things before. And from me, first of all, just want to re-emphasize you know, we're, this is not the last word. These are difficult things. Um, we're having a bit of a stab at it here. Please weigh it up and come back to us. You know, if we're starting a conversation here, that's that's great. Conversation in God's word, brilliant. Um, you wanted to say uh, something as well.
1: Yeah, I think um, just adding on from what Andy said, I think what's helpful when the Bible is is difficult for us to understand um is to um to try and to to take what we can understand what's clear uh which is most of it and then um to try and work from there through the the things that we don't understand so again to try and see the wood um and then to try and work out the trees in it um rather than just getting completely obsessed with one tree that is difficult to understand Mm. so that's quite a good Principle for um, for understanding the Bible. Um, I think there are two things for us to concentrate on in this time One is the the kind of couple of theological bits that are are difficult that we that is is not very clear to understand um, What the writer is saying and then the other thing which is is much more practical the kind of How do we live this out sort of things that Andy hasn't didn't have time to go into?